Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Amen. Again, if you didn't hear me, that seminar that she was describing is free. If anybody here is interested in attending, um, I did tell Pastor Alan I would make sure to announce it here and have invite um, Linda, I believe was her name, to come and share. Well, at this time, we're going to continue in our series on uh, my friend, the Holy Spirit. This is part four, but uh, one, one quick announcement before we go there. Any March birthdays in the house? Because there is one right here in front of me. My dad turned 88 years old yesterday. Give him a big hand. <laughs> Woo! 88. So I understand that eight is a blessing, and when you put the eight next to it, that's like a double blessing. Amen? So wherever he goes, you want to be following him if you want to be blessed in your life. Amen. Anybody else celebrating a birthday in March? That's Brother Victor. Uh, Bill in the back. Anybody else? Gregory. Wow. Busy month in March. Amen. Well, guess what? We've got a lunch just for your birthdays today. Come and join us. Amen. Okay, so we're going to continue with, and we're going to wrap up this series today on my friend, the Holy Spirit. We've been, been on this topic for the month of March and we first talked about what the Holy Spirit does, who He is, we learned that he's our comforter. How many know that when you lose someone, we need to be comforted in our spirits and in our hearts? And who better to do that than the Holy Spirit himself, who is our comforter? He's our counselor. He leads us into all truth. He's our helper. We also learn that the Holy Spirit has a mind, a will, and emotions. He is God. Amen. And then last week, we spoke on, on the fact that he is the baptizer. Thank you, I can see. Uh, he baptizes those that seek him and imparts his, what the Bible calls his dunamis power into your life. And let me tell you, when you got power, it makes a difference in your life. Um, again, the emphasis these past four weeks have been, though, that the Holy Spirit desires a personal relationship with you. You know, it's great to come to church. It's great to have pastor pray for you. But you have to learn to be able to develop that relationship yourself with Almighty God. How many know that? Amen? Your mother can't save you and get you to heaven. Amen? No matter how much she prays for you or how much she prayed for you if she's passed on. The Holy Spirit desires a relationship with each of you as individuals. So today... I want you to realize that the Holy Spirit didn't just come into this world to save you and I, to lead you to salvation, which is one of the strong, or the main emphasis of the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus gave the Great Commission, go into the whole world, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, evangelizing the whole world. That was the primary mission. But did you know he's also sent the Holy Spirit so that you could learn to live a successful life Monday through Saturday as well to help you deal with the struggles that this lady was talking about, to help you deal with what you're going to face at work tomorrow, to help you deal with those, 
those tr uh, troubles that you'll have at the airport when your flight is canceled again and again and again, or when your car breaks down in the middle of the freeway and you weren't expecting it. None of us expect troubles or trials, but the Holy Spirit is there to help you manage all of that. Amen? And, and sometimes I think we forget to realize He is our helper, He is our comforter, even with a flat tire, even when you're car won't start. Amen? And, and so the Holy Spirit is here to help you with everyday living is what I'm telling you. Everybody say that. He's here to help me with my everyday living. And that means every single day, not just on Sundays. Amen? So today what I want to look at is the special function of the Holy Spirit, which is called His anointing. Everybody say anointing. So what does that mean? In the Old Testament, the, anointed, the word anointed means to pour, to pour out, to pour out. In our modern day churches, including this church here, you will see the pastors typically get the anointing oil, which is sitting right here on top of this piano. I always have it there. And we'll dab the oil on our thumb, our finger, and we'll dab that on your forehead. Because you know the expression, a little dab will do you, right? You're, you're, you're dating yourself, if you, can, if you can remember that expression. But in the Old Testament, it was done by pouring, by pouring. You see, in the Old Testament, Jacob, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Jacob had a dream. And in this dream, God was revealing to him how his descendants would be blessed, how they would inherit this land. And he had this dream in this place called Bethel. Um, and so when Jacob awoke, he was aware of God's presence in that place. In fact, the scripture says in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 18, early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He anointed it. He was pouring out. He's pouring out. Everybody say, pouring out. It's important you capture that. In another account, and there's many accounts in the Old Testament where you can see the pouring out of this. But in the Old Testament, God was telling Moses to anoint Aaron as priests of the tabernacle. This is when they were in the wilderness and they were um, in the tabernacle worshiping God. Um, he was to serve as priests. And so... In the book of Exodus, I want to take you there to chapter 29 and verse 7. Moses was instructed to do this upon Aaron. Take the anointing oil and anoint him by pouring it on his head. They poured it. Literally, he's there with his head bowed and they're drenching him with olive oil. Not Crisco, not Wesson. It was olive oil, just letting you know. And so here's where I want to take you in, in the next, the sermon text I want to read is where the prophet Samuel comes to anoint. He's looking for the next king of Israel and he comes to the house of Jesse and he's looking because God has instructed him to come to this house and here resides the next king of Israel. And so if you'll go with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16 Verses 5 through 13, I want to read that entire um, context here. 
So in verse 5, Samuel, Samuel replied, Yes, in peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Now let me stop there. Why would he say that? The scriptures doesn't, don't declare this, but he was probably tall, strong-looking, had muscles, and looked the part of a king, right? And verse 7, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. Let me say that again. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, no, the Lord has not chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. In verse 11, so he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's out there tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He, speaking of David now, was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Verse 13, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just again thank you for this day. I, I pray that you give me your anointing to declare your word today, that we would be able to hear your word and understand it and give us wisdom to perceive it today. In Jesus' name, amen. So you can see from that account, David's life was never the same. The Bible describes him as a young teenager. And here he's brought in, and his older brothers are basically rejected. So you can imagine that they probably felt a little jealous of, of David. Here this scrawny little kid, teenager, he wasn't like his taller brothers. He was, the Bible just says he was good looking. Well, that, again, God looks at the heart. doesn't matter if you're good looking or not. God looks at the heart. Amen? But David's life was never the same again from that moment. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him from that day forward and never left him his entire life. You see, anointing makes a difference. Say that with me. Anointing makes a difference. The horn, they typically used a ram's horn, filled it as a vessel with oil and dumped that upon the head of David to anoint him as the next king of Israel. And this is a, 
a symbol of the Holy Spirit for you and I. We don't do that here. I mean, we can if you'd like. I can dump that whole bottle of oil upon someone's head today if they'd like. But typically, we don't do that. It's a symbol of what the Holy Spirit does for you. Amen? The Holy Spirit is being poured out upon your life for anointing. But you and I have to desire that. You and I have to say, Lord, I want your anointing upon me for power, for service, and so forth. Amen? It is the power, it is the dunamis that you and I need in our life. In fact, it makes the difference between a boy practicing his slingshot in a field and slaying a giant. Amen? It makes the difference between overseeing a flock of sheep and a king ruling a nation. That's what anointing does. It makes a difference in our communities. It makes a difference in our churches. It makes a difference in our businesses, in our schools, in our homes, in our home life. The anointing, capture this now, it isn't just for ministers or leaders. It's for everyone here. It's for each one of us. Everybody say, it's for me. And that's you. Amen. It's for all of us. You see, God anoints people that love him more than they love themselves. Have you ever gotten to that point yet where you say, Lord, I want more of you? I don't, I don't care about my life right now. I want more of you because you see, when you begin to declare those things, he takes care of you. He, his blessings come upon you when you begin to develop that attitude in your life. And the thing here is, as we open our hearts to God and allow His Spirit to flow through us, we begin to love others that we couldn't love before. How many have ever struggled with forgiving somebody or with loving somebody? All of us have. All of us. But God's anointing will allow you to do that in your life where it was never possible before. Only God can do that. Amen? Because we can't do that sometimes on our own. See, the anointing from God can become a game changer in your life. It changes everything, the dynamics of your life, of your spiritual walk, when there is anointing in your life. And God, I believe, is ready to pour out anointing into your lives to take you to another level, each one of you here today, to take you to a deeper walk with Him. Amen? And so for the next few moments, I just want to focus on how he does this because I know I've, I, I see a lot of hungry tummies out there right now and a lot of, I can hear the growling from here, so I won't keep you long today, amen. The first point I want to look at today is saturating anointing. Everybody say that with me, saturating anointing. Psalm 133, let's take a look at that in verse 2. It says this, it is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. That's exactly what took place when Moses anointed Aaron as the priest of the tabernacle. It was pouring down, just dripping down. It wasn't just a little dab on the forehead. I mean, it was poured all over him. The Holy Spirit, which is the symbol of, the, the oil represents the Holy Spirit, was flowing through him and upon him. Amen? Moses poured that anointing oil on Aaron's head, and it flowed through his beard, through his hair, 
onto his clothes, all the way down to his feet. He was drenched in it. Again, a symbol of the Holy Spirit overflowing in his life. You see, there's a need today for a drenched, saturating anointing of the Holy Spirit in our life. What we see out in the world we live in, I mean, all you have to do is just look at the news every single day. Something transpires that just will blow your mind. It's unbelievable. That never would have happened 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 30 years, much less 30 years ago. We're fighting no longer small things. We're battling large things, demonic forces, spiritual forces that are coming against you and I. Amen? We're fighting spiritual battles that are robbing some of us of peace, anxiety, sleepless nights, medications going out, you know, by the millions from pharmaceutical companies because we don't have the answers. Amen? It's why we need his anointing like never before. It's time for you and I to begin to ask God to saturate us with his anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, just saturate me. Pour that oil upon me. Just let it drench me from the top of my head all the way down my face, all the way down to my feet. If you develop that attitude, God's blessings, and we're going to touch on that, are going to begin to flow in your life. So that very first thing, it starts with that, asking God to saturate you with anointing. The second thing I'll tell you is this. The second point is fresh anointing. Say that with me. Fresh anointing. You see, even King David had to keep going back to get refreshed with anointing, to get refreshed with the Holy Spirit. How many know it's just not a one-time experience to receive anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's just look at oil, for example. How many here like to cook? I know there's a few of you here that like to cook. What happens to oil when it sits? It gets rancid, right? It, it spoils. It's no good uh, when it just sits. Uh, in fact, oil always needs to be kept fresh. The best oil is the freshest oil. Whether it's in your automobile or whether it's in your kitchen, the best oil is always the freshest oil. It's not fresh, and, and if, or if it's not fresh, this is what happens to the oil, to the olive oil. So you see, the oil no longer contains the health benefits you find in fresh olive oil. Oxidation, which naturally occurs in our bodies, and the antioxidants found in fresh olive oil can help protect against certain diseases and even aging. Rancid olive oil contains few antioxidants as they are removed from the oxidation process. That's why it's no longer good for you. So what I'm saying is the oil loses its ability to transform the flavors of the food it's used with. Amen? Are you following with me this, this afternoon? So, so here's the question. Why do you and I need fresh anointing. Why, why do we need it? Well, number one, we don't want to become rancid in our spirits. We don't want to become useless in, in our spirit and lose the transforming power that is available to each of us through his fresh anointing. That's why we need a fresh outpouring. Every now and then, you and I need to come to an altar and get on our knees and say, Lord, 
I need a fresh outpouring again. In fact, let's, let's look at Psalm 92 and verse 10. Psalm 92 says this, I have been anointed with fresh oil. And you've got to picture this in the Old Testament, the oil being poured out upon that person's head. When you and I come to an altar and are seeking for a fresh outpouring, look at that, picture that, God's Holy Spirit just falling upon your head and just soaking you completely. That's what he's coming to do for each of you. That's what's available to you. But on the flip side, if you don't do that, we can become stale in our anointing, just like the olive oil that sits on your kitchen counter. Especially if we're trying to hang on to that blessing that we received 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. You have to keep coming back to the well to draw fresh oil in this case. We've got to make sure that the anointing is still fresh. Amen? So how do you know it's not fresh any longer? When church just becomes a routine. When you get up on a Sunday morning and you say, and you look over at your spouse and you say, do we got to go to church today? Do we got to go? Do we got to go? No, we get to go, amen? Um, or when worship becomes a chore, when reading the Bible, whether it's on your app or the physical hard copy of a Bible, becomes a chore and, and you go look for it and it's full of dust because you haven't cracked. When it becomes a chore like that, that's when you know you need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in your life, amen? You see, the Holy Spirit brings a freshness, an anointing, an excitement to your life. It's not stale by any, you know, uh, uh, stretch of the imagination. A fresh anointing makes all the difference in your prayer life. A fresh anointing makes all the difference when you get up on a Sunday morning. You get ready to go in anticipation to worship with God's people to reach out to those that belong to the church, to fellowship with them. It raises your spirit. It encourages you at home. It, give, it uplifts you, amen? Because God gives us a fresh anointing that keeps us going. But we, after all, at some point, have to come and get it refreshed. All of us do. None, none of us are free from having to come back and get a fresh anointing of oil. And then the third and final point this afternoon is anointing of wisdom and favor. You see, what I mentioned earlier about favor, the anointing brings favor into your life. I've said this a hundred times here. Simple things like going shopping to the mall. How many like to go shopping during Christmas season? Nobody likes to. Maybe one or two of you do. Uh, how many don't like shopping during Christmas season? How's that? Uh, there's probably more of us there. But when I have gone, and you know you cannot find a parking spot at the mall, I've always done this, Lord, open up a, a parking spot so that I can park really close here, because I don't want to park in the next parking lot a mile away here. And God always opens up. There's somebody that just pulls right out in front of me. And I've shown that to my daughters when I've gone shopping with them to show them God's favor in the tiniest things in our life. Does God care where you park? Yeah. Have you asked them? No. Well, ask them next time. 
Ask him next time for his favor. See, when you're walking in anointing, don't be surprised when doors begin to open that never should have been opened to you. Don't be surprised when God takes you to the front when you should have been stuck in the back. Amen? See, God loves you and wants to give favor to his children. But he wants that he wants you to desire that, amen? He wants you to desire that fresh oil, that fresh Holy Spirit. Uh, let me read a scripture to you. It's not on your outline, but this is found in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 13. Listen to these words. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and 13. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will only be above and not underneath. Talk about God's plan and favor for your life as a believer. He wants you to be the head, not the tail. He wants you to be in front, not in back. He wants you to be victorious. He wants you to be courageous and so forth. These are part of the favor of God in our lives when we walk in anointing. Amen? Everybody say amen to that. Amen? Because that... That is a wonderful thing to have favor in your life. Anointing also gives you direction for your life. How many have ever faced huge choices? Do I take this job? Do I quit this job? Do I buy this house? Do I sell this house? Do I, um, um, whatever it is, there's major decisions all of us have to make. God's anointing in your life will lead you to make the right choices for your life. Amen? When you step away and don't involve him, I promise you, you will make foolish choices for your life that you will regret at some point. All of us have learned from that. Amen? Anointing gives you direction. In moments of decision, the anointing brings a spirit of wisdom upon you. How many pray for wisdom like I do every day? Every single day, you and I need to pray for wisdom, especially in this world that we live in. We need more wisdom than ever. And you and I will have that in our life. Favor will follow you wherever you go. Psalm chapter 5, and I believe you have this on your outline. Psalm chapter 5 and verse 12. The scripture says this, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Wow, what a, that is one of the best promises for you and I as believers. Did you catch that? You bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor. How many want to be surrounded with God's favor? Every time I go shopping to Walmart, Lord, I pray that you surround me with your favor. Every time I go into um, certain parts of Vallejo where I live, God, surround me with your favor. You know, it doesn't matter. Wherever you're going, you need to be surrounded with God's favor, amen? And God promises you that as believers, as the righteous of God, that he will surround you like a shield. So you see, God's anointing brings you favor in your life. Have you ever looked at certain individuals and wondered, man, why, why are they always getting the good end of the stick? Have you ever thought that to yourself? There's certain people in church or... Why are they always, man, they're always blessed. They always seem so happy. They, you know, they're, they're blessed. Well, it's not by accident. God's favor resi resides on them because they follow these scriptures. 
Every single person I know that walks in favor honors these scriptures, seeks the freshness of the anointing of the Holy Spirit in their life, and they walk in God's favor because of this. And here's the bottom line. You can't fake anointing. You either have it or you don't. God's anointing is upon you, and it's available to all of you as you ask for it. Amen? You and I, all of us, need real anointing from the Holy Spirit and not a man-made substitute. We need God's fresh anointing on our lives. And as I get ready to close this afternoon, one last scripture I want to take you to is found in Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 10, and verse 38 in the New Testament. Listen to these words describing about, uh, about Jesus. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. A couple things I want to point out here. How God was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing what? Good. Ask yourself, are you going around doing good? Or are you up to no good? Are you doing good? Are your kids doing good? Are your grandkids doing good? That comes from the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You shouldn't have to think to do good things. It should just flow naturally to do good, to want to make good choices, to want to make and do good things. That happens when the anointing comes upon you, when his power comes upon you. Amen? See, we all have to seek a saturation, an anointing of just pure saturation as we spoke on we have to say, Lord, I need you to just saturate me with your power of the Holy Spirit so that I can make better choices for myself, so that I can have the favor of God in my life, so that I can know how to battle things out here Monday through Friday, not Monday through Saturday. We have to seek a saturating anointing. Come back to God again and ask for that fresh anointing. Just like King David did when he was anointed as a shepherd boy. He didn't just settle for that one time. The Bible tells us many times he came back and prayed to God Almighty to saturate him with his Holy Spirit. Amen? And you and I have to remember to do that. Amen. Just stand with me as we close today. I, I promised you I wasn't going to take much time because um, we've got some food waiting for us here this afternoon. But I want you to seek that anointing in, at home. When you get alone and pray, I certainly hope that you have a habit of taking the time to go in your, in your bedroom, wherever it is. Maybe it's an office space. And just lock yourself away. Put on some, some worship music and just begin to praise God and just tell him, Lord, I need you. Here I am. You know what's in my heart. I want you to fill me. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon me. Not just to save you, as I mentioned, but so that he could help you with everyday living, everyday life choices to give you the wisdom you need, to give you the direction you need, to open doors for you, and even just as importantly, to close doors that were never meant for you.
Amen? So, Lord, help us today. I pray, Father, for each one here today. Father, as, as we look to you for fresh anointing, I pray for those that may be here struggling today, that, they may, that those that need a new touch, Lord, that you would fill them, Lord, that you would touch them, that you would remind them of how much you love them. And right now, as I pray these words, if there's anybody here today that needs that touch, if you want to just raise your hand, I want to pray for you. Uh, I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you. I just want to know who to pray for today. And I see your hands. I see your hands. Yes, I see your hands. Lord God, I, we just ask you right now, touch these individuals right now. Father, make yourself more real to them than ever before in their life with what they're going through, the struggles they face in their life. I pray that you just fill them with your presence, pour out your oil of the Holy Spirit upon their lives to empower them to live righteously for you, to do good in their life, Father, to make wise choices for their life today. And Lord, we come in agreement today in the name of Jesus as we pray for those that raise their hands and those that, Lord, are continually seeking you to be filled. We thank you, Father, today that you are a good, good Father and that, Lord, that you give us good gifts, that you fill us with your presence, that you fill us with your spirit, and that you fill us with anointing because anointing makes all the difference in the world in your life. So, Father, we praise you today. Go with us, Lord, today. And, uh, Lord, we pray for the food we're about to have next door. We pray, God, your blessings upon it, that, God, that it would be our strength. Bless the hands that brought food, that made it, Lord, today, that it would be a nourishment and strength to our bodies. And we give you thanks for that, Lord. And as always, as we close today, just lift your hands one more time as I pray the blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' wonderful name. And we praise you and thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. We'll see you over there in a few minutes as soon as we disconnect everything here. God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.